Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Well, howdy, everybody. This is the Potent Pictures Podcast. I'm Dave, as always. Uh, I'm joined by Matt and Sean this week. Unfortunately, Peter was unable to join us due to uh, he's got to deal with the family playing with his baby this week. So, you know, he's got some family duty stuff to do. So uh, uh, this week we got together. We uh, wanted to review the uh, the new uh, Netflix movie for Brad Pitt. It was uh, War Machine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hoo-ah. Uh, more of a satire about the uh, the Afghan uh, war. I think we we'll talk a little bit later about it, but uh, we're pretty sure it's a uh, satire of uh, General McChrystal as he came in to uh, kind of clean up the Afghan war for us. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But as always, we like to talk about what we're watching and what we're drinking. So uh, Matt, you're up first this week. What you drinking and what you watching? So I'm up in uh, Illinois right now and. I was introduced, or maybe the first time I was introduced, I wasn't paying attention, so reintroduced to the Three Floyds Brewery, which I think Sean's mentioned previously, and I'm drinking the Alpha King uh, Pale Ale, which is quite fantastic. I've been drinking it, you know, Memorial Day weekend, so lots of uh, reason to be outside on patios, hanging out, um, drinking some good beers, and I've been having a lot of the Three Floyds and continuing tonight with this uh, Alpha King, which is fantastic. Uh, in terms of what I've been watching, um, I just started checking out the show Banshee from I think it was Cinemax. I'm about four episodes into it. I think it's I think the run's over now, but uh, it's about an ex-con um, who, after he's released from prison, I think 10, 15 years, he uh, kind of tries to track down the girl that, um, or you know, the uh, love interest that uh, he had prior to that uh, being incarcerated, and in that, you know, in that kind of you know tracking her down he kind of undergoes circumstances where he takes over uh for a sheriff um who you know doesn't 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 clearly make it since the sheriff would continue being the sheriff if he was alive so uh kind of interesting seeing what's going on there um over, overall it's entertaining um some some kind of graphic nudity for just a kind of drama series uh and then but you know whatever on that but some of the some of the fight scenes and uh um his overall depiction of how it's choreographed and, and the sound editing for it is really brutal. So there's some like finger breaking and some real, real decent gore. So it, you know, there's a few cringe moments where I've actually turned away. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I think I'm going to continue watching it. Uh, Banshee uh, is the name of the town, name of the show also. Uh, so I think, it, I think it's something that, you know, maybe come a recommend at some point, but so far it's been good. Um, other than that, I didn't get to get to watch much over, much over the past week. Um, I went down to Indianapolis for my first uh, Indy 500, which was a fantastic time. So, if you ever find yourself available on Memorial Day weekend um, to get down to Indianapolis, I highly recommend. No matter you know, I've never really seen or followed racing too much, so no matter what your kind of perception is of it, it's a fantastic spectacle. So there's there's kind of no reason not to if you get the opportunity. So what uh what are you drinking and watching, Sean? Uh, this week I'm uh I picked up a couple uh, six packs of uh, some new beers, but uh, the one I'm drinking tonight is a Terrapin Brewing Company out of Athens, Georgia. It's their IPA. It's called the Hopsecutioner, which would have been fitting for uh, the King Arthur podcast. So, um, but it's a uh, it's pretty nice. It has a little bit of a uh, 
citrus flair to it, but um, I, I like it a lot. And, you know, with the Memorial Day weekend, I'm sure I did just as much drinking as you did, but the uh, I'm glad to have a break coming up. But as far as what I'm watching, though, I think the uh, with everything that was going on this week, I, I think I need to talk about something that we haven't really discussed a lot of on this TV, on this uh, podcast, but um, I like to watch reality television and a lot of bad reality television. So this week I tended to draw towards some episodes of some shows that I missed. Uh, one of which is the Real World Challenge. I don't know if you guys have ever been into that. They are. Any point they're still life. on. They're still. I think it's season thirty-two or what have you. But uh, just watch. Jesus. And it's funny because some of the guys are the ones that were when we were in high school that are still in it. I'm just, and I'm just amazed that they still, still put themselves through that. But uh, watched a couple episodes of that. Watched. Uh, there's a new one that's with pros versus champs. So a couple of guys that were and girls who were champs of the Real World Challenges are going up against uh, former professional athletes and collegiate athletes in a pros versus champs competition, which is pretty funny. Worth a watch for sure. If, if you're wanting some mindless television, don't go find it. If it's on, give it a watch, but don't go find it. Uh, and then other than that, I caught up with a couple episodes of Master of None with Aziz Ansar, which I've watched about six episodes now of that that season. It's really well done. I, I think Aziz Ansari might start getting some more credit for not just being an actor, but for being a filmographer with a director, because he's doing a great job with the show. So that's all I really got into this week. Other than that, uh, and I should forgive me for not mentioning this, but I started watching Fargo season two, which is a great cast as well. And uh, I know we've mentioned speaking about Matt and myself. We've watched Cheers a good bit, but Ted Danson is in the new the Fargo season two. So I was excited to see good old Ted in there. And uh, an American, you know, I hate to say this from another podcast, but an American treasure is, uh, wow, I can't think of her name now. I just completely skipped the girl from uh, the original Spider-Man, Kristen. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Come on now. Kirsten Kristen. Dunst. Yeah, sorry. Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah, so Kirsten uh, Dunst is in that as well. So a couple of, couple of big names uh, other than those two, but so far so good. Oh, and Macaulay Culkin's little brother, uh, Kieran Culkin, is in that as well. So good shows. Uh, reality shows suck me in so give yourself a, a chance to get sucked in by those as well but that's enough for me Dave what about you what are you getting into and what are you drinking this week well uh drinking this week's actually uh apparently I've been kind of on a kick for the uh the ambers as of recent I've been trying to find like some of those pineapple sculpins that everybody was kind of talking about and unfortunately my local grocery did not have any so I was a little disappointed by that but I did end up picking up a um this is a new one for me. I've never actually had this. It's called Legal Draft. It's uh, based out of Arlington. Matt, have you ever had this? I have not. I, I don't even know. If, uh, Legal Draft is the so, beer or the brewery? It's the brewery. Okay. So, but all their all their beers are titled with like um, legal terms. So like this one is the Accused Amber Lager. It's actually quite good. I'm uh, I'm actually kind of impressed by this one. Oh. But I mean, I'm yeah. I would actually look it out while you're up there. Oh, well, um, yeah. This is a new one. I've never actually seen this brewery before. Um, so I grabbed it. And to confirm, this is Arlington, Texas, not... Uh, that is that not, is correct. Okay, okay. Um, but I did spend the weekend on uh, Saturday up the at weekend? Uh, 8th Wonder... Weekend? Sorry. I just... Well, we, we, had a, we had a couple people that were that were saying that all week, or I was listening to something... Oh, I was listening to a podcast, and the one of the guys on it just kept saying it as a weekend, a weekend trip. But uh, 
But anyway, so I spent Saturday at uh, Eighth Wonder Brewery and um, kind of got drunk um, tasting uh, all their beers. So that was a good time. I really couldn't tell you what I had tried and the names of these things because usually I just go with the ridiculous, the ridiculous named uh, beers, which I will say they do very good at it. I just can't remember them offhand, but uh, always a good time. Uh, they finally got air conditioning inside the brewery. So it is not hot as uh, heck in there. We've probably stated in a previous podcast. But uh, if you're in Houston, go check it out. Uh, St. Arnold's is also a good one as well. Um, in terms of what I'm watching, so earlier in the week, I, based on what we did uh, last week for uh, Alien Covenant, I kind of got onto an Aliens kick on, uh, on recent. So I did watch Alien and Aliens. Um, but, you know, just to kind of catch up on them, I hadn't seen them in, you know, a few years. So figured what the heck. Uh, but a new one that I did watch, and uh, I was intrigued by it. My girlfriend put it on, and I was a little concerned because it is—it was a Pixar movie that I didn't really hear much about. But apparently, uh, the Good Dinosaur—I don't know if y'all had seen that. It was a very wholesome movie, but it was actually um, kind of funny. I was actually kind of impressed how much I was actually thoroughly enjoying this movie. Um, but basically, what the the premise of it is is that the the, uh, the dinosaurs weren't killed by a uh, a, a big event, you know, either an asteroid or whatever, you know, whatever anybody wants to go with with it. But uh, so humans evolve on the same side as them, but humans are kind of in a dog-like. Um, they kind of act like dogs to the to the uh, dinosaurs because the dinosaurs are actually like farming and stuff like that. But um, but the the humans for some strange reason would act like a dog, and for some reason I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So I was thoroughly enjoyed. I was also drinking some um, some really good bourbon. So that may have been why it was finding it quite humorous, but nonetheless, I would recommend it. A uh, good kids movie if you want to watch it. Um, but yeah, that's really all I got. Um, that's on uh, Netflix, right? Uh, I don't remember where we found it. Okay. It probably is. Yeah, I think that she a, was picking. I think they have a deal with them, but that actually was one where um, they released two movies that year, and they I think it was the same year as um, the one with uh, Leslie Nope, Amy Poehler, um, Inside Out. Um, and the good dinosaur oh. did not, it was not reviewed or, and didn't do too well. Um, and they, they kind of just kind of, they stopped talking about it. It was a weird, I read a few articles after it came out. I still wanted to see it. Um, it is a Pixar but, movie, so they do really well. I just, yeah, it, it was just, yeah, it, like you it, said, it kind of came and went. Yeah. And so because it didn't do as well as they, a uh, normal Pixar movie would do. And it, you know, it wasn't like a, a sequel or something. Um, yeah. looking at you cars too. They, they kind of just tried to, <laughs> or cars uh, three. That doesn't come out yet, though it's probably yeah, the same, sorry. same, same thing. Um, I I'll hold out uh, judgment just because they have such a you know such a good track record record overall. But uh, yeah, so it came out um, didn't do too great, and it kind of just left left theaters with 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 not not much you know n- not much to do. So, and I think even the movie release they didn't really promote it or market it too much because they didn't want people to. Um, you know, think about a Pixar movie that doesn't have that place in your, you know, place in your heart or place in your memory. So that yeah. it's out, but um, I'm glad to hear it was good. Cause I, I thought it did look good. And it, it was actually, I was surprised. I was actually surprised. I was, I was thoroughly enthralled by it, which was, I did not think was going to happen when she put it on. I'm like, Oh God, I remember this not doing well. I did not really want to watch it. And I got into it after like 10 minutes. I was like, okay, I'm hooked. I'll, I'll this is actually, fairly entertaining I, and i know this so. isn't an animated animation podcast from uh you know kind of a prehistoric time period but uh <laughs> the crudes is something i'd recommend in that kind of same vein not tix pixar but it is animated it's got nicholas cage so i mean you know can't go wrong there 
but I, I was I was thoroughly <laughs> I was thoroughly surprised by that one. So um, when you mentioned um, humans acting like dogs, which isn't really what they're doing in this, but it does kind of have some of those elements because obviously yeah. the you know cavemen, um, crude as you can imagine the name um, made me think of that. So I'd say that's something worth checking out if you ever get a chance. Alrighty. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got for uh, watching and drinking. So, uh, how about some movie news this week? Uh, we had some we had some interesting stuff get announced. Um, we can thank Peter for most of the research of this. Unfortunately, he was not you know unable to give it himself, but we'll we'll do what we can with what you know what he gave us. But a uh, big announcement was uh, Tom Hardy as Venom in a standalone Sony movie. Um, they haven't really confirmed if Spider Man's going to be in this. I don't know. How are y'all feeling about a standalone Sony version of Venom? What are y'all 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 probably heard this? How are y'all feeling about that? I'm looking forward to maybe another attempt on 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 Venom that doesn't involve Topher Grace. And no offense <laughs> to Topher Grace, but uh, you know, Spider-Man Three was just something you, you people people probably try not to think about too often in, in general. So uh, you know, somebody like Tom they, Hardy. They had like six bad guys in that entire movie. It was insane. And they all cried. Even the one whose whose uh, weakness was water uh, cried. So, <laughs> um, but you know, that, they did have a kick-ass emo flute scene. So. You know, I guess you, uh, you have true. some good, some bads of, of the you, movie. You know, hair part. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with Tom Hardy, you know, I think if Tom Hardy wasn't in on it, um, depending on who they'd cast, I'd probably, my interest would be really low. But that that in and of itself is, is giving me hope because I, I think he, he's, you know, good judgment. He's not, you know, forced to do anything he doesn't want to do. So hopefully that's a good sign. What about yeah, you, Sean? I guess uh, I'm always skeptical because I know Sony's had their issues with, uh, Spider-Man, uh, given the, what is it, five movies that they've made with, with Spider-Man now. So I was excited that Marvel sort of was able to re- reel in that Spider-Man movie this, this summer, as we'll see. But uh, with Sony going to the Venom, I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess uh, I'm a little skeptical, and little is an understatement. But Tom Hardy's a great actor. I think I'm pretty excited about it. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, uh, I'm, that's about all I'm I got. Saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you on it. It's just this, the, if Sony wasn't attached, I think I probably would have been a little bit more excited and not as concerned. You know what I mean? That's that really Sony being the only big issue with it. I think that's a general consensus across the the internets and the interwebs. So, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so moving to a little DC news, uh, Justice League. Um, I know probably people have heard already uh, Zack Snyder is unfortunately leaving uh, the Justice League movie uh, for some personal reasons. Uh, we know some, some family issues may have popped up, and uh, he's he's taking leave from it. But uh, on a on a plus note, Josh Wheaton uh, is now going to be taking the reins. Um, I'm intrigued to see how this was going to go. I was kind of always intrigued to see how Justice League was actually going to pick up, especially with all the with all the 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 push for uh, Wonder Woman, which we will probably be reviewing next week. Uh, I think that's coming out. Uh, but like it's been getting kind of it's been getting a lot of swing, so maybe DC has swapped it around, and maybe we'll see if Josh Wheaton can actually uh, take the Justice League a- across. What are y'all feeling? Y'all looking forward to that, or how y'all how y'all feeling on that? It's a, it's unfortunate for what happened, but you know, this this may be a. I was just saying, it might be a blessing in disguise. I think is what David was trying to get to. Yeah, but it's kind. Of, I feel bad saying that. You know what I mean? Because it's it's unfortunate why he would have to leave, and I I never want to you know. I don't wish that upon anyone. Take joy out of that, yeah. Exactly. You don't wish that upon anyone. However, given the circumstances, it could be a great thing for the franchise, given 
some of the critic and fan disdain towards Batman versus Superman and the upcoming Justice League uncertainty. Um, however, I do feel like there's a lot of excitement that's built into the Wonder Woman film that's going to be launching this Friday. So hopefully that can catapult the excitement level again as they do approach the Justice League release here. And I guess it's coming up in December, right, guys? So uh, I think it's is it December or November? Something's, com- something's Some, coming yeah, out in November. Either way, it's, 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 it's something like end that. Of the yeah. year. So I'm, ex- I mean, again, sad for the, the circumstances that it, it's happening, but excited to see where he goes as long as he doesn't, he kind of steers away from what he did with Age of Ultron uh, with the Avengers. So he's been successful in reeling a lot of character storylines into one film. So I'm excited that he's going to have the opportunity to do that again with another franchise. What about you, Matt? Yeah, you know, same boat. I, I'm mostly focused on Wonder Woman right now. I, I think that looks um, looks good. And so far, you know, I think it's being reviewed pretty well. So that's keeping my hopes up. Um, Gal, Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman are probably, you know, some of the best, most positive aspects to um, Batman v Superman. So um, having her plus Chris Pine um, for that kind of period, you know, that period piece looks like it should be a, a good show. Um and depending on how that goes, I think it'll probably sway my interest or hype for uh, Justice League more than you know this this kind of shake you know not shake up but you know what was had to, what's taken place now. Um, obviously, Joss Whedon was able to do a great you know great work with the Avengers um, as well as some other movies he's done. Um, Avengers two obviously didn't live up to Avengers, but he, you know he he I think he'll be working in a different machine this time versus you know the Marvel machine that was going on for trying to keep Avengers two. Um, gone so we'll see if dc and warner brothers let him do what he thinks needs to be done uh for for justice league but definitely focusing on and looking forward to see uh wonder woman to see how that the overall universe goes for for dc awesome all righty well the next little tidbit we wanted to talk about uh real quick is unfortunate in in my opinion um uh as a huge fan of silicon valley this was a, a huge loss, at least in my opinion, on, on it. But uh, T.J. Miller just announced uh, that he's not going to be returning for uh, Season 5. Um, to me, this is, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I watch that every every week. I watched last night's just to catch up. Uh, I missed it because of the, the weekend, unfortunately. But I uh, just realized it and caught up today. But, you know, with the loss of T.J. Miller, y'all think that's going to affect Silicon Valley heavily? Or you think they're going to have enough... Uh, drive to push forward so just to jump in with, with not much to say on it since i've only seen season one um you know probably not probably not great for this for this i just since i've only seen season one probably not you know ideal um having him go but i, I do think his character uh, there's probably only so much they can do for that that kind of character type um without kind of beating a dead horse with those jokes so um i, I think it might be okay but again since i haven't seen it um, and I know I did really enjoy his character in season one. I, I'm sure it's going to be a, a you know a, definitely a downgrade for the majority of the fan base. And I, I love T.J. Miller. Uh, always liked him. He was a great part, uh, kind of being that best friend. And uh, uh, she's out of my league. Uh, so you know, <laughs> great one. I think that's like his. That's his. That's his role. Pretty much is the best friend. Yeah. I don't. I, even, I don't know how he's going to do. Even Deadpool. Deadpool. So maybe he's got a lot of Deadpool. Maybe he's got a best friend roles coming out. But <laughs> I think so, let's hope. I'll, ju- I'll jump in on Silicon Valley real fast just because I am an avid watcher of it and I'm pretty up to date with the episodes as I just watched the one from the new episode from last night. So I think that they are going to significantly 
or severely missed T.J. Miller. However, they've done a lot of good things with some of the character development with Martin Starr, with Guilfoyle, and, and Kumail Nanjani. I don't remember how to pronounce it, but Dinesh. So those their, <laughs> their interaction is always great. And then Zach Woods, who some of you guys might know from The Office, and he's also on this Silicon Valley as Jared. He's he's come a long way the last couple seasons, and he's he's done a great job. And I feel like they'll sort of try to lean on Amanda Crew and Josh Brenner, some of the supporting cast to sort of fill in. But yeah. he will significantly be missed. But yeah, uh, and then that's really all we had for that one. And then the last piece of news we had was sort of the just letdown that was the box office this week. With some of the, the lowest numbers since 1999, I think we said it was a what, what most, most of us have read. I guess it's about a 176 million dollar haul this week with Baywatch and with Pirates of the Caribbean. So I guess we, you know, with something like that, Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously with the fifth movie, I guess this is right, and with Baywatch with with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you expected a little bit of a, you know, I guess a little bit of box office excitement. But it seems like no one really went to go see these movies this weekend with Pirates of the Caribbean doing the best of the three uh, of those two with $77 million. And then we ended up with number two being uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which was $25 million with Baywatch at 23 at third. So we talked a little bit about, uh, we mentioned this, but it's the lowest box office since 1999, which at that point in 1999, the three movies that were at the top of the box office was Star Wars Episode One, which we all know Matt loves anything Star Wars, which was in its second week with Notting Hill in its first week, and then The Mummy. Phenomenal movie. Yeah, Notting Hill is great. I don't know if that's what you're going for, but... Uh, Whoops, whoopsie-daisies. Whoopsie-daisies. <laughs> yes. But uh, The Mummy was third that week with in its fourth week, which was sort of similar to Guardians being in like their third or fourth week as well. So, and then 13th Floor was the other one, movie that had been released that week with Notting Hill, which I know, David, you are a big fan, but I guess, what do we got, what do you guys think of, is it just that people don't, they didn't care about the movies that were released this week, they've already seen Guardians, I mean, what do we think is the reason it's the lowest in 18 years? It's a good question, I mean, it's really hard to place your finger on it, because, I, but I mean, the Baywatch thing, I, I, were y'all excited about seeing it at all? I mean, we avoided it, for the reason that we were didn't really feel like it was going to have that much staying power and worth our our review that's why we kind of stuck with war machine we probably we thought that was going to be a much better film and it looks like we may have guessed correctly at least based on the box office uh, uh turnout but you know this was usually the memorial day weekend was your big action movie uh weekend am i am i correct Do, am, sort I, of am i thinking entry. incorrect and it's, it's, historically, it, it's been like the gateway to the summer movie films. Yeah, it's the summer. It's the summer kickoff, and like they like this would have been a great weekend for like uh, like a Guardians movie. Um, hell, Spider Man could have opened up. Wonder Woman would have probably done if they would have opened up this weekend. They would have probably killed at the box office. But maybe I was just gonna say I, I think you know everybody's you know Memorial Day used to kick off the summer, but I think studios kept releasing early and earlier to get kind of a a, a jump on each other. Um, and that's why Guardians was released four weeks ago. And I think, um, you know, I think Wonder Woman probably didn't want to compete with people doing things and traveling on the weekend. So that's probably why they're doing next week. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't say for sure. I'm not an analyst, but. So basically, but so what you're, so what you're implying though, is that, um, Memorial Day weekend's really not a 
good comparison back in the past because it used to be the big weekend, you know, that it would kick off. Now it's kind of like just a, any other weekend. Is that, I mean, Pirates, Pirates kind of stuck with it, but. I, I just going to say, I think the landscape significantly has changed. Obviously we, we went and watched a movie that was released direct to streaming with Netflix with War Machine versus going to see Pirates of the Caribbean 5 or Baywatch. I mean, I think Baywatch was one of those movies that, did I chuckle at the trailer? Yes. Is it really going to get my money in the movie theaters? Absolutely not. Do I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean could have gotten my money at the movie theater? Maybe. But then I didn't see the fourth movie because I was, I, I didn't really have the interest in the, after the, I thought the series had ended at the third movie. So they sort of rekindled things with, you know, with, uh, was it Penelope Cruz, right? Or, uh, right, what's her name? Uh well, anyway, I, I I really couldn't tell you because honestly, I <laughs> stopped for watching this one three or too. for this one or the for the fourth one. for the fourth one. Yeah, I think so that was Penelope Cruz, and this yeah, one's the Penelope girl Cruise. from Maze Runner. Yeah, so it, it's I, I guess I, I, the series has lost me. Disney, as great as they are, I mean, Pirates is not something that I'm interested in anymore. So I will, you know, we chose to go with the, the Netflix movie, and, and I think a lot of people decided to sit, sit this one out. I guess and wait till next weekend when we have some better movies coming out. So, uh, and some great series coming up too as well, which we, we can get into later. But what, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think overall, it's just this year, the movies, you were starting the summer earlier with May 1st being like the real kickoff where we had Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is just becomes another weekend in the summer versus what it used to be. And 1999, I think they, you know, some of the movies that were at the top at the time were, you know, obviously Star Wars, which was, in its second week and then Notting Hill is a romantic comedy, which those tend to not, they tend to be lower budget films that tend to make money, but in a different way. So Matt, let's see what, uh, let's, you want to kind of give any more thoughts on this? No, I mean, you kind of just nailed it right there. I mean, even in 1999, you know, the movies that we had come out that on Memorial day weekend, weren't really your big blockbusters matrix had already come out. Uh, which I think you said was in the, when it's in its ninth week, so that does you know that wasn't even pining for Memorial Day. I don't think at that point at that point they didn't know it was going to be that big of a hit. Um, yeah, and, it didn't have the then, hype. And then Mummy and uh, uh, the Mummy and with you know Brendan Fraser, not the upcoming one one with uh, Tom Cruise and and Star Wars: Phantom Menace. You know they they tried to you know get out before the Memorial Day weekend. So I mean it it just may not be you know not just what it used to be, but it sounds like it did change maybe maybe changed a while ago. And Pirates just just swung for it because they didn't know maybe they didn't have a good time to release it between guardians and wonder woman so or 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 they're the only one they figure they're the only ones that can actually do it because everybody else is you know kind of running for the hills on on memorial day weekend so they're like well we're just going to stick with it and run with it screw it yeah johnny depp's had such a good track record recently you can't you can't miss yeah that was a joke that was a joke. Yeah, I, I got I, it. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. I was agreeing with you. I was <laughs> still right. running with it. Right. Especially since yeah. he had a bad week in, in the movie news, which we didn't really touch on. But, you know, that's a whole other well, story uh, for another time. Well, what, what was what was his last movie? Wasn't it uh, The Fantastic Beasts? Well, I don't even think of that as a Johnny Depp movie. But that's yeah. not a Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, that's I more know. of a Colin Farrell movie. Yeah. With an, with an unnecessary Johnny Depp cameo or whatever. But unless they do the Dumbledore versus kind of thing later. I'm kind of curious about Sean's Johnny Depp uh, news. That's not worth talking about. That was ti- I know Ti I know Tiger Woods had a rough weekend, but uh... Uh, <laughs> well, uh, apparently it came out that Amber Heard uh, the reason why Johnny Depp had 
gone a little haywire was because of the fact that she was getting ready to do a nude scene in one of the, uh, I can't, I forgot the name of the movie, but, uh, and Johnny Depp wasn't having it, so that's why he lashed out and started that whole uh, domestic abuse thing, which we don't condone on this podcast, but... Uh, no. Yep, so... It, wait, wait, you're talking, about, you're talking about the, the domestic abuse that we don't condone, right? Not the nudity? Yeah, well, we condone. <laughs> we condone whatever makes the, the movie We're trying to better. make this family friendly, Matt. <laughs> we don't condone nudity as well, as much as we enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, so she was, I, I can't think of the name of the movie, but she was going to do a nude scene, which is why uh, he, he lashed out. And now he sort of directed her right into the arms of Elon Musk, who's Dave's boy. But yeah, so. <laughs> don't get, don't, no, don't start me on him. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So sorry. We'll that's, so Johnny Depp right. didn't have a good week at the box office or in the news. So Fair enough. Fair enough. All righty. So War Machine. Not to be Interesting confused movie, with Iron I Interesting movie, I would say. Go ahead. <laughs> Not to be confused with War Machine from Iron Man. Well, I was going to say there was I think there was another another war machine out there, but the the 2017 Brad Pitt war machine movie, the mockery or the satire the dark satire of uh, uh actually I wouldn't say dark, it's just the satire of uh of our military generals in uh, Afghanistan. But um so, you know, real quick initial thoughts on it, guys. Um just prior to actually viewing it today, you know, we we I know we got into a discussion about watching the trailer and getting excited about it because I know that we were kind of building it up within our messages amongst ourselves, and then some of us had watched the trailer, some of us hadn't. Um, who actually watched the trailer before watching it? Uh, just throwing it out there. I, I know I had. I did end up watching the trailer before seeing the movie, but you know, but when we ta- were talking about it and brought it up, I had not. So when when it kind of came up as a, something worth checking out versus going to the theater this weekend, I had no idea what we were talking about. And I know we were talking about unexpected cameos that we're going to get to in this. Spoiler, it was not Don Cheadle, even though that would have been priceless for a movie <laughs> titled uh, Well, what was the what was the first guy uh, that played him? Um, it was also not Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, yeah. Terrence Howard, thank but, you. But that's because it's hard out here for a pimp. So. <laughs> nice reference. Academy Awards. Nice. nice. Yep. yep. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, Sean, did you watch the trailer beforehand? I didn't watch the trailer. I, to be honest, I had no idea that this movie was even coming out until you guys mentioned it i looked it up and i said oh wow completely missed that so yeah and netflix didn't even you know how netflix typically has has certain movies and certain things in their you know top feed introducing this movie that's coming out so that war machine wasn't even in the first five movies when i opened up my new releases on netflix so wow that didn't get me as excited going into it so yeah just was this on Friday or was this on Friday this was, or this was, Friday, Friday? this was Sunday, Sunday. Oh wow! Because on Friday when I opened it up, because uh, I downloaded, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if I was going to have Wi-Fi, so I used the beautiful uh, download feature that Netflix has that they're not sponsoring, for, spo- not sponsoring us uh, to tell you about. Uh, and that was the first thing that came up on my on my recommendation. So maybe, and we'll probably talk about this. Maybe the way the fact that it it maybe didn't get the views that they may have wanted. Maybe it kind of fell fell down on their recommendations I'm, I'm not sure maybe but i mean you know you know so so one of the things i, I you know i've been liking and it seems like this is consistent and i'm wondering if this is actually a true estimate that they've been putting out but you know everything that's that's been net netflix produced they always put the estimated 60 million on it have y'all noticed that because they, they you know the 60 million was the budget apparently for this one but that was also what they paid like dave Chappelle for his uh three his three uh three episodes am i am i right or am i wrong am i thinking that correctly yeah, I think it was sixty million to to sign up with Netflix, but it seems like sixty million is like their their typical go to. Uh, Sean, how do you actually think about this? Other than other than your trailer thoughts going in, 
Did you actually think it was an overall decent movie? I went in cold, and the movie starts, it kind of, as it goes along, you're following along. I made it through this movie, and I'll be honest, it was it was a process. I mean, I kind of told you guys, I felt as if it drags on. It's sort of disjointed. It's all over the place. The casting, I mean, we, you know, you pay a lot of money to get a big name like Brad Pitt. There's a lot of sort of cameos we see throughout. Like one of the things I mentioned was German politician Hilda Swinton or Tilda Swinton. Uh, Russell Crowe we mentioned as a cameo. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> uh, and then you have cast members like Topher Grace, Anthony Michael Hall. It's, I mean, there's, I have so many things wrong with this, but overall, I think it's just, uh, you know, it, it it was okay. Like I mean, it, it was. It, I I watched the whole thing. I was entertained, but I would never recommend this to anyone. What about you guys? Yeah, I was I was kind of in the same boat. I saw the trailer. I was like, okay, this is going to be a you know a, a war movie. I mean, I'm slightly intrigued by it. I will admit the first like ten minutes, twenty minutes of the movie, kind of pulled me in, and then I was like, okay, after that, I could I don't want to watch more than another twenty more minutes of this. I was entertained for that amount. Um, and then I hit pause and looked at how long the actual film was, and it was another hour and a half. And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. I did that too. And and, and like, but but I will say, like the, the intro into it, I was I was I was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of funny and how they were doing all the intros for everybody. Um, but after that, my my interest kind of just just you know it kind of went. It, like you said, it just kind of went off, and it, it didn't really didn't really pull me in. I got through it. Um, as much as whatever that you know means for everybody, but nothing, nothing that was wowing me. I guess uh, it was a so-so movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, this type of movie. I don't think we're going to have um, much to talk about. I think the the topic that it tried to you know discuss, um, ha, you know, obviously has plenty to, to discuss. But this movie, you know, we're we're not going to be talking about uh, politics and, and wars and, and things like that. So just from a movie standpoint. Um, yeah, like you said, so-so. Uh, and I actually, from the get-go, um, the narrator uh, kind of killed it for me. It, it took me a second to recognize the voice. It was hit or miss at first, you know, it, you know, kind of the introductions. I wasn't sure how I felt about it. And then as it kept going, um, just kind of lost interest just knowing that, mostly because everything that was narrated in the first 10 minutes, you, after that you didn't need to watch the rest of the movie. Because everything, yes. not only was, you know, it kind of just a direct... Un, you know, un, not necessarily interesting. Sometimes it was, but not necessarily interesting overall. Um, within ten minutes of, of all the narration, you, you kind of find out everything that the movie's trying to tell you. So, what's the point of watching the rest of the movie? So, uh, th- that was that was a disappointment. Um, but I do want to say the narrator was Scoot McNary. And if you do want to see a movie where Scoot McNary's uh, doing some narration, um, and it's it's brief, it's not as much as this one. Uh, it's uh, the Marvel one shot. Uh, All Hail the King, which was kind of the one that went along with Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 I wasn't a big fan of, but this one shot kind of made it um, almost worth 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 it. And uh, it also had Ben Kingsley, much as this movie did. So, um, yeah, movie was so-so, but it made me think I want to watch Marvel, you know, the, the All Hail the King. So maybe, maybe that was worth it. It was tough to get through, though. And Brad Pitt's voice... Just like the narration at first, I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then and then I think the only reason I, I kind of enjoyed it to begin with was it was reminiscent of uh, Fury and then also Inglourious Bastards. And once once that kind of faded, I kind of I definitely wished I was watching Fury or Inglourious Bastards. So. I got the exact same feel, exactly. I was like, this is the exact same character. 
and I was kind of hoping they were they were I, when I first saw the trailer, I was kind of hoping maybe it was gonna be like a comedy almost where one of those guys from those two movies had moved up in the ranks, not you know more, but basically that personality had moved up in the ranks and just see the ridiculousness of that kind of thing, but way wrong way way wrong but when you go back to real quick on the end the narrator if you will um i actually so it's probably a problem because i watched silicon valley right before it i could have sworn it was tj miller like half the time and i'm going it is that him like why would he be doing this and I'm, I'm going back and forth i'm like that sounds exactly like him and finally i looked it up and i realized it was um the rolling stones uh, guy your your scoot uh or scooter uh, his his legal name may be Scooter, but his his uh, credit <laughs> on IMDb is Scoot McNary. It's, it's Scoot. Scoot. <laughs> Fair enough, but uh, since we've already uh, kind of gone that, I think that's initial. That you know everybody's kind of so so. Do y'all kind of want to start kind of talking about your likes and dislikes at, with spoilers? Obviously, at this point, because um, we may or may not have already broken through that uh, that little path. You're but, welcome. Uh, yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saved everybody five more minutes. Okay. <laughs> just listen to the first five minutes, uh, first twenty minutes of the podcast. We'll break it. You'll just watch the end of the movie. You'll get all the. You'll get all your uh, your little uh, things popping in. But uh, big thing I wanted to to uh, talk about was his running. Did anyone else feel that was just weird to even have that in here? Did that take you away from the movie when he was running in you know all seven miles every day? And they would show it constantly. I don't know what that adds to the movie. I, they don't ever talk about it. They don't ever say like, "Oh, he had an, you know, an injury or something happened to him where he has to run like that." And there's a scene where he's on the elliptical machine too, and he does the same thing where his awkward hand motions that he has too, which it looks like he's always holding like a pistol. So, so yeah. So he actually did have an injury on his hand, okay. on his right hand. And he it, did have an injury. But that was the only thing acknowledged. That was the only thing. Exactly, they did acknowledge that. So I was, but but he was holding the the uh, elliptical and still doing that awkward motion. Yeah, it didn't add anything to me. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it was just something where they were carrying on that this character, you know, that the way that Brad Pitt was portraying him was supposed to have an odd demeanor, and that had to flow into how he ran. It was all I was getting. Um, and in case you didn't pick up based on the way he spoke with people and interact with people that he had an odd demeanor, odd demeanor about him. Um, they had to show that as he ran is all I saw. So it added nothing to the movie, but just like a lot of other aspects to this movie, um, you know, they had to repeat the same things over and over again. So, Oh, if you guys haven't <laughs> noticed that he's, he's, he's a little odd. Um, let's, let's just show, let's show you he, how he runs. And since this is a satire, him running weird is funny. So, and we'll, we'll show <laughs> yeah. that four times and then it'll be funny four times. And, We'll get laughs. So that that's all I got. It just it, it really bothered me. I don't know why. It just and and I read an article real quick, and apparently it was a distinct choice by uh, by Pitt. And the reason behind it apparently was that he wanted to show that this this general was thought so much of himself that he was unaware of how goofy his running was, that he just did it because he was so self like not self positive but so confident in his in his decision making and so hard headed that even if someone told told him that he was running incorrectly he wouldn't have cared. That was really the distinct point behind it. If that's if that makes any sense. I think that makes perfect sense for for me since that's <laughs> kind of the way I I I was kind of interpreting it. So I'm I'm on board. All right. Well, you're you're smarter than the rest of us because <laughs> apparently you and Brad Pitt are on the same on the same plane. Y'all been, y'all, been, y'all, been, y'all been hitting the doobie together a little bit? Yeah, know? probably the Ganja, ganja Brothers. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, it, it 
didn't add anything though even though you could say that and you can go but anyway yeah it didn't add anything yeah oh yeah just to say it didn't add anything for me either i, I was just saying i it was clear that it, it felt like that's what they were trying to do <laughs> but uh, you know obviously i don't know exactly what brad pitt was doing with it but um it didn't mean i thought it was a good idea or useful yeah another thing that really was a point of contention or a point of you know of what were they thinking was the the not only the casting of Topher Grace, everybody's favorite, plus, but but his overall role as the PR, sort of his PR director, that was just a total douche. <laughs> uh, and they show there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where they show him at like first of all a Washington party, and I'm using air quotes um, because he was at this party which looks more like a Hollywood party, and he's schmoozing and just kind of being douchey, and he flips up he flips open his flip phone and. He's like, oh, they're gonna pay me how much? Oh, okay, cool. That sounds great. But yeah, I, I he annoys me. What about you, Matt? What do you think uh, of Topher Grace as a person or and, and, the character? About <laughs> about the actor and the character. So so Topher Grace always kind of gets a pass because uh, um, that '70s show, but uh, most of his movie roles haven't haven't been great. Um, and this one didn't really give me any opinion about him. Him being in this movie. Um, even though, you know, he doesn't have much, you know, on his resume in terms of recent movies that come to mind, uh, his name is still pretty known, I think pretty, you know, kind of like Anthony Michael Hall. Um, did Great I, character, did I just by combine, the way. Did I just combine, yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. I wasn't sure if I said Michael C. Hall. Um, <laughs> Dexter, go watch it. <laughs> I don't, you know, it didn't really seem like it was necessary for either of them to be in it. Um, no. They, they just like the other kind of characters that were with Brad Pitt in that kind of entourage or whatever and it, it ended up being. Um, not sure why they needed needed the, these folks for such small roles. And really, Topher Grace, his character, despite being you know the, the cliche douche um, PR guy, he was in scenes, but I, I feel like I don't remember him doing much throughout the entire movie. Maybe I just kind of zoned out whenever he was on screen, which obviously doesn't bode well for my thoughts on the character, but I don't remember his character doing much throughout the entire movie. Maybe I'm wrong. There was literally like maybe two scenes where he may have had a large speaking role, and one was at the very end where that uh, Rolling Stones article came out. And he was trying to he was trying to sweet talk it into them basically not kicking his ass. Yeah. For allowing the Rolling Stones uh, uh, writer to come with. Because I think it was his his idea to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. What did you and, think about him? Was, oh, sorry. Topher Grace. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I. I, I'm kind of with both of y'all. Like, I don't know why they put him in this movie. And, you know, I still say, why would you ever hire him? Like, I, I put that in my notes. Is like, why would you ever hire Topher Grace? Like, if you're just looking at him, would you want that guy running your PR? He's a squirrely little guy who doesn't do anything in any of the movies he's been in. And I know I give him a hard time. Loved him in 70s show. But just stay away from my movies. He just, he, he, he portrays the douche guy, the douchey guy very well. You, you have to admit. Um, but I, I just, I, I couldn't get past why he was, you know, cast for this role. I mean, there was some some additional people in this movie that it just blew my mind why we actually had to put all these big names in there. You literally could have had Brad Pitt and then had a whole bunch of no names that have been on in Netflix movies and shows. I do I, I will I will I will however say I did enjoy Anthony Michael Hall's character or how he portrayed him, but that's about it on the on these people. Like it was just character-wise, I <sighs> It bothered me. The whole movie just bothered me on it. I think the bigger part on it isn't that, you know, I, I think I mentioned it too, but I don't think it's that they shouldn't have had these people. I think they actually should have had characters that they developed more than just having a narrator tell you what they were. 
and then back to Topher Grace in general. He he also did leave that '70s show to be a movie star, and I guess this movie is how that <laughs> worked out. That. So, um, <laughs> I guess not just douchebag in character. He also thought he had, he was he was going to be able to beat that '70s show. And Mila Kunis is is doing much better after staying on the show and becoming a, a movie star. Though she is she she is more attractive, so I guess that's kind of unfair to compare the two. And she did end up marrying Ashton Kutcher, so it's he should have. So Topher should have married Ashton Kutcher. Got it. <laughs> hey Matt, we're open. This, well, now that we cleared that, twenty first century. That's a, yeah, <laughs> isn't anything that what I happen. isn't that what I went with? Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Anything, anything can happen. I like that. Yeah, I'd marry we're Ashton Kutcher anyway, if I could. All right, we're a diverse Move podcast. Moving along. Moving along. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Wait, real fast, Dave. On the rec- on the record, Matt said he would marry Ashton Kutcher. Just that's on the record. All right, we will keep that and post that to the internet. <laughs> he's a, he's a, just so we have it. He's a good-looking man. I don't I don't know why either of you would not. So yeah, I'm okay with that. Not my type. Too tall. That actually is true. I I, I am a little short, but <laughs> he he's gotten money where plastic surgery might make me taller. Ah, you're one of those. You're gonna marry for the money, man. You gotta marry for love. Anyway, I do love money. So, there you go. All right, never mind. You got the green. Um, but anyway, all right. So as a satire, how are y'all actually feeling about this? Actually, the satire of McChrystal's uh, his war history or his uh, his his war record actually in Afghanistan. So if y'all remember vaguely, he was brought in. Uh, this is uh, so just you know, a little forewarning. This movie was based on a book uh, about uh, McChrystal's um, his being pulled in. Barack Obama pulled him in for, or excuse me, former President Barack Obama pulled him into the Afghan war because we were not, you know, making any treadway eight, eight, nine years into the war. Uh, brought him in to clean it up. Um, and apparently this is just a satire of the history of that. So it was kind of just giving a little little play on it. Um, did y'all feel like it actually did a good satire of it? Did you feel like it kind of brought out like the, the whole politics of war and all that BS that Apparently they were trying to drive in this movie, which I do. I will bring up in a moment about how I, it, the movie seemed to like grasp at these concepts, but never ever did anything with them or provided you with a character that could do anything with these concepts. But anyway, go ahead, Matt. So no, just just to jump in before we actually get get into it, um, you you called him General McChrystal, but uh, Brad Pitt's character in the movie was actually um, I think General McMahon or Man or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, the whole point being is that this movie was very kind of. I guess inconsistent on whether or not they use pseudonyms for real life, care, you know, real life people that they base this on. So like Barack Obama was Barack Obama, but Hillary Clinton was somebody else because they did have the Secretary of State of this, just like Brad Pitt, um, you know, was not General McChrystal, and I think Anthony Michael Hall's character was actually supposed to be somebody as well. Um, so it was, it was just kind of interesting overall that 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 was kind of the way they they played it, and so the non-committal to using real names or just using fake names. Uh, you know, I get for something like the president, maybe you don't, but there were a few other characters where they used the real names as far as I know. It wasn't the best delivery of the satire. What they what they were saying wasn't wasn't bad. You know, it, I get the joke. I get what they were doing, what they were trying to tell, um, the argument they were making, but the delivery wasn't there for me, and the jokes they had in it um, weren't, um, just, just weren't, you know, I guess it just didn't hit for me. It was kind of a miss overall in that perspective. Kind of like the thing, you know, with the Brad Pitt's character, the voice, and the, the running, and just the overall demeanor was kind of like a, a heavy crutch for the movie. Um, yeah. So having a satire of primarily being, you know, being McChrystal, and just kind of most of it being about his 
his demeanor wasn't that exciting because we didn't know anything about him except for what the narrator told us, which isn't a great way to learn things about somebody. And then the narrator also told us 90% of the satire in the first 10 minutes. And I know I've said this before, but that, that kind of ruins the point of the satire as well. So I don't know if that kind of is the same way for you guys, but what, what about you, Sean? I guess out of all the, the whole movie, we, we throw out the term satire. I think that we haven't really mentioned this yet, but the best character, the best satire in the film was Ben Kingsley as the uh, Afghan president. And I can't remember his name now, but... I thought he was hilarious. Like at the beginning of the movie when they walk in and he's trying to set up the AV with the, uh, he has the HDMI cable and he's like, usually it just has the three plugs, but I don't have this plug in the back of my TV. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. And then he's watching, if you remember when Brad Pitt's trying to launch the op, at, you know, operation, he's in his room sick watching Dumb and Dumber. And he's like, <laughs> he's just like, oh, they finally are talking to me and asking me my opinion. Like, this is nice. Uh, but he's like, just go ahead and go and, you know, take care of business. So I thought, I thought Ben Kingsley from a satirical standpoint was the, was sort of the best part of the movie. Um, when you, when you're dealing with real world comparisons, however, as a satire overall, I, I, you know, I still don't think it's that, I think they missed on a lot of it. I think that the joke they made with the Richard versus Dick, that, that was pretty funny. Some of the, po- the the political comparisons that they make with just things that are going on at the time are, are kind of funny, but yeah. So so just on that, Sean, I'm glad you brought that because I think my favorite joke in the movie was um, Ben Kingsley. That obviously the HDMI RCA plugs was was fantastic, um, but uh, at this point in the movie, Brad Pitt's character has not been able to get time with Obama. So when he's trying to get time with the president of Afghanistan. The president of Afghanistan argues that he's being a real leader because he's not available to Brad Pitt. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm being as available as your president. So I think that's good enough. Uh, and I thought that was that was pretty awesome. And then regarding Dick, just just to kind of fully deliver the, the hilarity of that, <laughs> his last name was Waddle. So his name was Dick Waddle. He kept trying to argue to have people call him Richard. So that was kind of an ongoing ongoing joke. But actually in the movie, I didn't even pick up on his last name. I didn't know that his last name was Waddle until I looked at the cast list. Um, but I agree, Ben Kingsley, even though he was not in it too much, they probably shot his scenes in like two days, um, since there was only two locations that you saw him in, but, uh, definitely probably the best part of it. What about you, Dave? So as a satire, yeah, I think, like I said earlier, it was, it's one of these movies that it seemed like it tried to broach that subject a little bit, but never really do anything. And I think it's mainly because, like I said, the characters that they wrote in just, couldn't do anything to actually drive that point it you know it it touched on how you know something that we all know which is that there's politics of war that actually happens you know it's all the it's all the logistics of getting what you need right you know we're all in the business you you have limited resources you have to negotiate for those resources and whatnot to get it and basically this whole movie is just an entire i'm not gonna say satire of it it's basically an explanation of like oh he needs to do this but the biggest issue is that your general, who is a, who they claim is you know, McCannon's a four-star general, he's you know apparently did really well in a, in Iraq, but then he gets to Afghanistan, and he doesn't realize that he has to do all, play the play the politics, and that was just so unbelievable for me that I was like I can't even I can't believe this is a character at all. Like there's there's this whole movie basically just got wiped out because I can't foresee a general moving that far up in his career to not understand that portion of the politics because it is again he you know he was i think what was he shooting for Forty thousand uh additional troops 
and he basically tried playing Obama by releasing some kind of plan. It was because he tried he he tried to say that the president gave, gave him no FaceTime or Well yeah, he like he leaked his he leaked his uh his plan, then you know, he basically said that the president didn't have didn't, you know, see him be over the seventy days he was there and all this stuff. And basically what Obama did was give his thirty thousand troops but then said we're pulling out in eighteen months. So you know, to me, like, if this guy's that far up, he should have seen these types of things, or at least his group, who apparently is like a, you know, a crack, a crack group of guys trying to do things. But then, you know, as we learn later, apparently they have a bunch of crack groups over with uh, Russell Crowe's group coming in at the end. So, I don't know. Just as a satire, I think it, it tried, but it just did not come close as it could have. They had some interesting topics that they wanted, uh, that I thought they could have done, but then didn't do anything with it so on that um that russell crowe piece was probably actually the best kind of satire right where um and and if you you ever get to watch the wire this is a kind of a good good similar aspect or or piece that they're also depicting there but overall it's just a better experience where they try to they replace somebody for what for whatever reason um obviously in this one it's because he, he he kind of directly did not make the president happy and the they kind of just backfill him with somebody who's in the same you know as you see him walking he walks the exact same way as um and with the same type of team as dave just mentioned as um as brad pitt did so it's obviously just a cycle and that's kind of the joke but it takes it takes you know two hours for that to happen but it was also um the same thing that the narrator told us within the first 10 minutes so for for that same thing i'm gonna since they beat the same same idea over the head you know beat the dead horse on it i'm gonna keep doing the same thing because that's what the movie did to me but that was, I think, the best potential, but it took two hours to get to it. Um, granted, the wire took five seasons, but there were a lot of the stories between that. But um, yeah, but the wire, but the, the wire, wire addressed it kind of yeah, at the it's just a every good, yeah. at the end of every season where they they would kind of show everything would yeah. just kind of go back to normal. Like no matter what you would do, it's going to go back yeah. to the same way it is. But yeah, I agree. The, the wire again, we throw it out all the time. It's one of those movies that I mean shows that we always throw out to everybody to go watch. Go watch the wire. Always a great recommendation. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I just, it's one of these, again, this is one of those movies that we just kind of can't, I think it could have been down, I think this, honest to God, I think this movie could have been an hour. The 30 minutes of the intro by, uh, by, by Scoot, and then 30 minutes of him failing, and then bringing in Russell Crowe, cut out a full hour in this movie. I think we, we all would have been satisfied by that. Do, you, do y'all disagree? I mean, does this need to, I mean, they could have done so much more if this was even not just a movie, but like a television show. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have tried to, I guess, what, in the last 16 years since we've been involved in some sort of way with Afghanistan and Iraq, that there's been multiple attempts at trying to do, like, television shows, movies. And everybody's done things well or done things really great, like TV shows and movies, but this didn't, you know, this didn't really do anything well. It just did a lot of things bad, poorly. I mean, Matt, what do you, what would you say to that? I mean, do you think this that they... What was the one thing that you would say that they did well? And I'm asking you this because I don't know. I can't think of anything. But I, I honestly can't. I can't think of anything. Which so that was actually a much tougher question than it should be. Even for like, I'm sure you. Yeah, sorry. You, I'm, no, no, it's fine. Even I think even if I had seen Baywatch, I think I would have been able to answer that question. Uh, but with this one, I, I can't think of much. I, you know, Tilda Swinton being in it for five minutes probably wasn't wasn't it. Um, his his wife being in it. Um, to add additional drama around his life, or you know, the whole movie kind of seemed like a, a an insult to just the general, which um, didn't seem necessary. And I know that may be what the book was about. I you know I'm not familiar with it, but uh, 
I, I can't think of what they did good. It's mostly just things that they didn't do too great. And uh, when I think about, you know, movies or TV shows that have kind of made similar arguments without directly uh, focusing on one particular uh, general or one particular character, I, I'd have to say Generation Kill is a great, a great show worth seeing. I think it's eight episodes on HBO, um, and you kind of get a similar sense, right? You have these people going over there to fight a, fight a war um, or fight the, you know, fight these you know insurgents um it tells honestly it tells the same kind of story makes the same arguments uh but through proper character development and uh, plot lines so i'd say skip two hours of this and just watch you know eight hours of generation kill and you'll be much better off and you'll have the same perception of how that war all the politics that go into it all the kind of chain of command and how those you know they even just because you're at the top doesn't mean you're always going to be making the best decisions or have um, pay attention to the information that would allow you to make the correct decisions. So um, what they did right was make me have another opportunity to recommend Generation Kill, which I think I did recommend previously because I just finished it a, a couple months ago. Um, but beyond that, I, I can't really think of much. What about you, Dave? So first off, um, I think I need to watch Generation Kill, honest to God. Um, it sounds like it's a lot better. I, I know it's one of those ones on HBO that I, I've, I've scrolled by during the, the series and I was looking for a new series to watch. and. It, it didn't pique my interest just because I uh, it didn't have a good picture on it, and I hadn't really heard much about it until actually you mentioned it, so that's good. I'll probably watch it this week just to catch up now that I'm on this this war movie thing. But, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, other movies and stuff that does it, I mean, you can basically watch any, heck, um, what was it, like Jarhead, you basically have... Uh, I'm trying to think of some other movies. Heck, with with Memorial Day right now, there's plenty of movies that they're putting out about um, about war, and they're going to do a lot better job at explaining all of that than this. I mean, heck, look at um, you know, Black Hawk Down, great great movie uh, in terms of that. But you know, there's a, that little subplot where the general is actually trying to uh, request his his allies to bring in additional troops so he can go save his people, and the I think his second in command had to go over there and like negotiate for it, and they wouldn't go do it because they were upset that they weren't included. And you know, you never think about those things, but those are the types of things I think that the the higher ups have to deal with. And again, small subplot in a much better movie. I think it drives a point. I still remember it, you know, as a you know as a viewer of it. I always loved Black Hawk Down, but that's a little subplot with two character, two or three characters that you really don't you know experience too much with. But it's their plot, and it runs with, and you remember it. Yeah, I'll just jump in, Dave, just because I the the one that I like think that that does a great job. And this is more Iraq and instead of Afghanistan. But I love the Hurt Locker. It's it's one of the greatest movies I think that they've made with the whole Iraq Afghanistan crises, uh, crises, <laughs> and it also stars one of my favorite actors, Anthony Mackie, which doesn't hurt. Uh, also, shout out to Jeremy Renner. I think he does a great job in that movie, and Catherine Bigelow did a. A good job navigating the story um matt to your point about generation kill it's funny because it's the same sim- it's it's very similar because there's a rolling stone reporter that sort of tells the story except it's done well <laughs> it's done in, in a much better way uh and, and another one this is sort of i guess it's sort of an outlier but another one that, that really did a good job telling the story is this movie called uh green zone was pretty good with the one with uh Matt Damon. So all of those I'd probably watch over this, but but yeah, that, that, there's there's a lot of other good, great films slash shows that that can tell the story, 
and in this case um it's a match point generation kill might be the best one given the the way that this the story is done and it's also done by hbo which we can get into this in a little bit but you know just hbo netflix amazon all these streaming services networks making their own content but that that can be another topic we can cover but hbo did a great job with that one one other one that I was going to think of real quick was uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Um, that one's not exactly the military portion of it, but it's the government interference and all that stuff into the uh, other orgs uh, working to, uh, you know, track down stuff. So, sorry. Just wanted to throw that one out real quick. It was just what I was thinking of. No, no. I, actually, I was just going to uh, commend your your uh, thoughts of Black Hawk Down because that is one of those things I was thinking about because I like Chris Cooper and the general, you know, based on what happens in Black Hawk Down, you know, he resigns based on it because he takes responsibility for it. Um, so you see, you know, you see that obviously that wasn't a satire, but you still see the, you know, the depiction that not everybody's always going to be making the best decisions out there. And yeah, I just wanted to ask, you know, I said this a moment ago, but did you guys feel like this was primarily just a direct, you know, a, the whole idea was to satirize and kind of a, attack or make everybody think low, you know, poorly of this fictional, but real general was, was there, did you feel like there was an actual, like, were they trying to tell the stories that these other folks were telling? Which I, I you know, I know that was a, a sub motivation, but was that their goal, or was their main goal to say that General McMahon was was not very great and he was an odd guy, and it's good that he's no longer in power? I I think I, honestly, I really didn't understand what their point was because you know I, I was thinking about right when you said it, you know, was it to mock the the, the you know the general or his or his ways? But then I'm sitting there thinking about it, and I'm like, but in reality, like, if I was actually, like, going, okay, he's he's doing what he needs to do, right? He was trying to do his job to get it done, but other powers that be, because he didn't play their game, basically took him out. And that's basically the way I, th- that's my interpretation of how this movie was supposed to go. Um, as a mockery of it, it's, it's kind of... I mean, maybe the way they try to set him up is that he's very, like, he's very hard-headed in his in his ways, and he wouldn't play the game. But maybe that's the only reason they did that. I, I don't know. Sean, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that annoyed me to no end is the fact that he didn't ever work with anyone. He would only try to stress his point, and he would only try to get to the his point across the fact that he couldn't. It's like every time somebody would give him feedback, he would just say, "I, I appreciate that." However, I, he does not see their point so I, i'm not quite sure what to, what to tell him on that like or what to say about that it just that was just a huge thing that annoyed me was that he would always just go into his own little spiel and say i appreciate that but wouldn't listen to them what about you guys i mean yeah that's all i got to say about that unfortunately matt do you have anything to add to that no same same thing and i think that was kind of just repeatedly showing that hard-headedness or whatever it was really felt more of a yeah, I don't know, and so maybe maybe it was just me and thought that they weren't really satirizing or mocking, just the idea they were just mocking him. But um, either way, I don't think they gave us enough character development or enough to care about any of the characters that it mattered. So okay, well, so so Sean actually brought up an interesting point in a, a previous comment um, in regards to the streaming services now producing all of these movies. So you've got your Netflixes, your Amazons, your HBOs. Showtimes, uh, God, Epics. I mean, I could you, you can list them. You know, all, all these all these quality shows they've been putting out, um, or or movies. How do y'all feel about those? Are they actually stepping up to the plate in these in terms of movies? So I think this might be an interesting of a, of series versus movies that they're producing. 
what do y'all think in terms of that? So series versus movies. Uh, Shawnee, you want to try this? Yeah, I'll just jump in because I think we talked about this a little bit and we've seen that Amazon, Netflix, HBO is getting into this game more where they're going out on their own and HBO is done with HBO now. Amazon with their Amazon Prime. Netflix, this is what their business model is based on. It's really driving people to that streaming service with new and original content and because they have a large amount of subscribers who pay a monthly fee they have money that's at their fingertips and they need to to get that dollar amount for that dollar from their customers they need to put content that's not available for other services and that's why they're coming out with these movies so you pay a lot of money for someone like a brad pitt or you know aziz ansari to do a show that we we talk about that i talked about earlier or if it's something like um you know, Amazon has done this. We, we, th- everyone wants to have a leg up on their competition. So they've thrown their hat in the game to be a production company or to be a, uh, a studio so that they can get those movies, those films, those television shows to separate themselves. So I, I think that this is their, another attempt to trying to separate themselves by having a movie that, that's a, a good topic which people will want to watch about the Afghan and, and the Iraqi crisis and then finding actors to really kind of the big name that's really going to draw people to that. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, so from a from a television series standpoint, I think they're both pretty much knocking it out of the park. Um, you know, they, they both have shows that I, I'm, I'm big fans of. Uh, Netflix has a few more than Amazon does so far. Um, HBO has obviously been doing this for decades now, so we're, we're pretty much in a in a safe space with them. Um, they've always had good documentaries. I'm not the most learned person, but I, I'm, I'm aware that they're good. And so, you know, in terms of movies, they've, they've had some good movies out there that HBO's put out. Netflix and, and Amazon, you referenced a couple. Um, Beast, Beast with No Nation for Netflix um, is obviously something that was reviewed really well. I, I unfortunately haven't seen it, but, you know, Idris Elba is, is, was kind of a, in terms of the actors they brought on to get people to watch uh, or make people know that they're real movies. They're not missing the mark there. And I think, you know, while this movie's not something that would be something I point to to argue that they're they're getting into the right space, I, I think that they, they are going to be able to start competing or continue to compete since they already are. And, and just in general, I, you know, I don't know how the model is going to continue where they put it in theaters or not. I, I think they should, especially for, for movies that kind of warrant it. There's some movies like this. There was an unnecessary action scene in this movie. Um, but for movies that do kind of have more of a a call for proper visual and audio setups. I hope they do put them out in the theaters just as an option, even if it's just for a month and then they release it, or even if it's a week, just to give you that opportunity to see it. Uh, but it is great for something like this where you can watch it from home. You know you're getting a, a full production value. It's not the same, and they are differentiating themselves in general from something that's like a straight-to-DVD release. We don't need to talk about the Adam Sandler movies that Netflix is doing, but even those, you know, they have their market, and for dumb comedies, it, it, you know, those don't need to be seen in theaters either. So I mean, they're not missing the, you know, they're not missing the mark there. What about you, Dave? I'm a huge fan of the the series as as opposed to their movies, just because now unless we we throw in their documentaries into the movies um, type thing, uh, not the the movie miniseries, but um, you know, I think they they particularly take. Um, so let me let me let me rephrase that. Uh, I will say it's the movies that go straight to their streaming services, not anything that they may produce and put it out uh, to theaters. I will say this: it's strictly just the movies they, they put out. Like for instance, this one. I, I'm you know they they 
I think they do much better in these these streaming services to do their to build up their content in a series format. Um, you know, you've got your House of Cards, you've got uh, the uh, the Men on a High Castle. I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the Netflix, uh, you, what we were talking about earlier, um, Master and None. You know, all these series that they put out, they just seem to just knock it out the park with these things. And HBO has been, like they said, it has been doing this for, for years and just been knocking it out. There's been nothing on HBO, I think maybe one or two series that I have not actually gotten into. So, great stuff. Netflix actually surprisingly has some really good documentaries, if you're interested. Um, and they do also have their little... You know, docu-series if you want, but I think they're slowly now getting into the movies where they're they're starting to get a little feedback, but I think they got a long way to go before they're actually, you know, pulling me in to stop me going from the movie theater to see an actual theatrical release of some movie as opposed to watching it from home. They, they've got me called in for their, their series, but, you know, I guess they got to do a few of them productions where they get it, but I think we can go... I think they can. I think they can do it. I mean, they've got the ability to do something in seven episodes or maybe three episodes. Maybe they can just tie it together and bring it into one film. But, uh, but yeah, that's really all I got on that. Um, so, unless anybody else has anything else to mention about this movie, I think we can actually go into our potent picks. Any last thoughts on this before we close out? Not much more on the movie, but one more thing just about these Amazon and Netflix getting into this space is now it seems like everybody wants to be a content creator. So Apple's trying to do their own content and they're, you know, they're trying to start with a a show. I'm sure others are cuz everybody, you know, it's it's cheaper to create your own stuff than it is to license it um for distribution um or delivery on on one of these. So I, I don't know how that makes me feel. Um if they do it right, obviously, you know, that's great, but I'm not too hopeful. Uh Netflix and Amazon at, at least felt like they were kind of tipping their toes in the water to, to get started. And I think starting with TV was a good, you know, good way to go. As you said, Dave, I, I don't know how the rest of these folks are going to, are going to, are going to do it. And I, the real concern, if they fail that, you know, they fail and we just won't subscribe to that service or whatever it ends up being for distribution. But the real problem is that they're going to be splitting up that, you know, the people that the actors, the writers, which, you know, a bigger concern, and the directors to these and so if they're not going to be doing a good job we're going to be potentially missing out and suffering elsewhere so hopefully we don't uh get spread too thin with our writers but yeah so it'll be interesting i also don't want to subscribe to 50 services <laughs> but except that we all are anyway so it doesn't really matter all right, i don't <laughs> all right i don't want to subscribe to 51 services but yeah all right that's no, that, that's that's all i got on it <laughs> So let's do a quick overview of your opinion on the the last little bit, and we'll we'll swing into our potent picks after that. Shawnee, you want to start us off? Yeah, I think overall the movie itself, cash grab from some of the actors in it. It's worth a watch if you're again, it's on Netflix. You're paying for Netflix, might as well watch it and check it out and see. But you know, you can break it up, and I wouldn't sit and watch it all at once. It's one of those ones you could probably watch when you're in bed and kind of mindlessly get through, but. I'm like 50-50 on it, but what about you, Matt? For me, I think it could have been a good movie. Um, obviously, we, we've discussed things that have, or movies or TV shows that have done this well, and so I'm disappointed that it, it, it kind of wasn't better um, for what they were trying to do. Uh, and so because of that, I'd say I, I almost wish that I had seen Baywatch or uh, Pirates of the Caribbean this weekend. Um, at least those, I think, you know, I could have named something that I think they did well. Um, Baywatch, they had Alexandria Daddario in it. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, 
Uh, there, were, there were pirates in it. So, I mean, there, there's at least something um, that you can both on water. Have, have a positive. You're right. They both did involve water. So, you know, this didn't <laughs> have any water in it whatsoever. So, that's a point off for sure. Uh, so, I, if you have Netflix, I, I guess you could break it up and maybe fall asleep to it and pick it up the next night if you want. So, it doesn't. there's no harm in starting it. Um, but the narrator is going to tell you everything you need to know in the first 10 minutes. So, you could probably give up after that and uh, be done. But uh, I hear there's a good book about it, both in terms of what this movie was based off of, called The Operators, as well as probably just some general his- history pieces about uh, General uh, McChrystal. So that might be more interesting if you want to see it, and maybe even a documentary on uh, History Channel or something. So that might be something I look into just to kind of see. But yeah, what about you, Dave? Not my not my favorite movie, obviously. Uh, I think we, we've all established that. But, you know, I, I think, like I said earlier, like the first... 15 20 minutes into the movie got me pulled in i thought it was entertaining yeah i know we we bashed on the um the narrator a bunch but i, I kind of liked that little intro of everything but again after that it just kind of lost me and you know for if you took this movie and cut an hour out of it i think you could have had a better one hour little satire that would have hit all the points you needed especially since you had a narrator who was basically telling you everything already you could have had him t- talk about the whole movie so I, I don't know. Um, I would see, like, like Sean said, I would recommend if you have, since you already have Netflix, or maybe Matt, you said this, I don't know, I forgot who did. Um, if you have Netflix, check it out. It ain't, it's not too bad. If you get bored after the first 30 minutes, go for it. You know, just turn it off. But um, it's worth a, a quick little watch if you're just, you know, perusing and you're kind of bored and you've already watched Master of None and uh, a bunch of other series on Netflix that you're, uh, that you've already caught up on. But uh, that's really all I got. Um, so I guess we can swing into our potent picks, boys. So uh, who wants to go first this week? Matt? Sean? The American uh, from uh, 2010. Uh, good little movie with uh, George Clooney in it. You know, just uh, basically about an assassin and, and kind of how, we, you know, in Europe. Uh, I can't remember which country specifically. Uh, saw it on Showtime just before we started this. I didn't get a chance to actually watch it because we were about to do this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out again myself. I liked it when it came out, um, and I don't think I've seen it since. So uh, I did enjoy it, and I, I'd recommend uh, you know catching it. George Clooney being an assassin. So you know better than it. It, it worked out better than when he was Batman. So uh, if you want to see George Clooney kind of be badass and not have nipples in his suit, I think the American is a is a good choice. What about you, Sean? I think I'm going to go ahead and just drop this one since we, we briefly touched on it. But I got to admit, I really enjoyed Notting Hill. It's, uh, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier with the 1999 box office and that being that it came out, what is that, 18 years ago? But really capitalized on that romantic comedy, uh, British humor. It stars Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts. It has a great... A great, I think, a, a great acting job by Reese Efons. I forget his. I forget. I'm really butchering the pronunciation, but he really is hilarious in that movie. So check that out if you haven't. If you're looking for a romantic comedy with your girlfriend or a significant other, it's worth a great. It's worth a watch. I think that's a great call out, Sean. And, and just to confirm the the person that you referenced was the one who we know wears tidy whities 
Yes, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Great Excellent. job by him in that movie. <laughs> Excellent recommendation. And just, just with him, I'd say another call out would be the replacements. If you, if you haven't seen that, you get a little, <laughs> oh, you get a little Orlando Jones and uh, Keanu Reeves. Great as well, movie. So. Oh man. <laughs> but, I kind of want to use that as my damn potent pick at this point. Cause that's such, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that movie. That's such a great movie. That's always, that's a totally rewatchable movie. Yeah, Countless is. times. I think TBS had it on like every other week, uh, two years back. It was great. Probably um, he's, he's great. He's great. Yeah. So, uh, so, so my mine this week, y'all are probably gonna hate me, because I forgot I actually watched this uh, earlier in the week. Um, but it's kind of an interesting movie to go back and watch because it's so bad, it's kind of good. And y'all are gonna hate this, but it, the the hot chick with uh with Rob Schneider, <laughs> y'all remember this? By any uh, chance? Yes. I prefer yes. to it to be. I, I prefer it to be the hot the chick Rachel with Rachel McAdams. Yes. Thank you, Sean. Well, <laughs> perfect. She she had a smaller part in the movie. Unfortunately, I was she plays I the hot watching. I'm like yeah. I'm like man. She's she's only been in, she was really only in the movie for like maybe 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I was kind of disappointed. It was like one of her first but, movies for sure. But yeah. But oh yeah, she looked totally different. But like the good news is you had Anna Faris in there you know, constantly. Little little Matthew Lawrence in there. It was, uh, it was a good it was a good time. But uh, it was one of those movies where you're just kind of like it's so stupid. It's funny. It was all those Rob Rob Schneider movies. Uh, you know, male uh, Deuce Bigelow, male Gigolo. Oh uh, God, the animal! Do y'all remember the? Is it the animal? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's the, the animal. Now, yeah, I, I have to ask: Did you, I mean, did these, you think of it, uh, Rob Schneider just because Sean talked about the Hurt Locker with Catherine Bigelow? Is, it, is that where this really came from? Did you really watch? <laughs> no, 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 Did no, no, you no. really watch no, we, the Hot we, Chick? We, or? I, for, I forgot. We actually watched it the, uh, earlier this week, so that's why I was like, I was like, oh man, I forgot. And I, I was sitting there watching. I'm going, I actually really enjoy this stupid movie for some stupid reason. And then it kind of, because because we got into a conversation about Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, and she's like, oh, I've never seen that before. And I'm like, just get out, just just go. How could you have never seen all of Rob Schneider's movies? They're they're all well. She probably saw awesome. Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, so maybe she just got confused and didn't rec- remember that one. I highly doubt that. It wasn't a cartoon. She but, doesn't watch anything that's not a cartoon. But actually, on this Rob Schneider uh, recommendation, I, I think that's why it, it's hard to criticize Netflix for the Adam Sandler, you know, contract they did. It, exactly. They they pull in everything. Um, he he pulls in a bunch of his his friends, and they just make crappy fun movies. And I was actually reading an article about how all of his movies of recent are always on like these tropical paradise like places, and it's basically just a vacation for all these actors and actresses. To be on the set. You know what I mean? It's a quick payday with like, oh, we're going to go to Hawaii. Oh, we're going to go here. Oh, we're going to go there. So, I mean, I think he's doing what he's got to do, yeah. my personal opinion. Can't knock it. I mean, and that was a better strategy than, unless Kevin James really likes malls, that was a better strategy than being Paul Blart. So, <laughs> uh, God. Another another interesting movie to watch. Or what was the, oh, it wasn't Paul, it was Observe the uh, season. That was it. I was going to say season's assist, but yeah, it was a room report. That was just not, just real bad. All right. Well, I think that's good for our potent picks. So uh, next week, I think we're looking at uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, is that, I think we're all in general consensus of that. I think everybody's fairly excited about it. So we'll see if uh, DC can uh, can swing back with uh, some some little little momentum before uh, Justice League. So we're all excited about that. And and as always, you can uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at uh, Potent Pictures. And as always, you can, again, email us at PotentPicturesPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would appreciate any feedback or anything like that. But uh, other than that, I think we're done for tonight, boys. Uh, everyone have a good night. Thanks.